Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Welcome, dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome, day 3000 of Fantastic Fest 2019. That's what it feels like. Oh my god, why does it feel so long? And we're not even halfway through. Good lord. Like, I honestly, I make jokes every year about, like, it's day six of 5000 and the natives, if the natives are restless and I don't know where my, I don't know where my underwear is anymore, like. Well, that's true. All of the, all of these, things all of the true. above. So, uh, yeah, we did not record at all today. Yeah, so we're once again recording in the car as Wendy drives on her way home. I'll drive slower than normal. Well, I mean, we can walk up to the porch and continue on the porch if we're well, not done by the time we end the car ride. That is true. The porch is a quality porch. It is a very quality porch, and we have not used it yet. That is true. I like the way you think. So, um, we. We did a full day again today, five movie slots. Yep. And, Wendy, did you start out the Jezebel's Brunch, or did you do a movie? I um, I had the Short Fuse Shorts program. Ah, okay. So, and I deliberately chose that number one because Gene uh, Lauer and Peter, Peter Kaplowski, do an amazing job curating the shorts for the festival. Oh, they do. The, and the so, shorts are... the. the And they have several blocks of shorts that you can choose from. They're all great. And Peter's got a gift for pairing shorts with features. Yeah. Like, it's it's some sort of bizarro, like, Svengali sort of magical thing that he does. Mm -hmm. But, um... Like me and PowerPoint. Yeah. Yeah. So, I picked the shorts, the the shorts, short fuse, which is specifically the horror themed one. Mm -hmm. So, no, because I did want to duck out to the Jezebel's brunch, and that way I could leave and come back and like pick up where I left off. Yeah. Um, which worked out great. I ended up seeing four, okay. four of the shorts and they were all great. Uh, there was one called Maggie May. That was the one I left the brunch and came back. Mm-hmm. And I, ooh, that one just is awful. Um, but in a good way, like good awful. It, it's your, a horror. It's your a horror gut story. is clenching so hard that you slowly are just sort of caving over Ooh. because somebody gets horrifically wounded and the titular Maggie May just can't be bothered to do anything. Huh. And yeah, it, and so you're just this at It's terrible but awesome. And um, oh, and there was a short called The Haunted Swordsman. Okay. Which was intended to be the first part of a six-part web series, but the funding didn't come through. And oh. Lisa Henson was an executive producer, and the voice talent was... There was, like, Franca Patente and James Hong and... Dude. Yeah. It was... Wow. And the puppetry of it was amazing. And But it, 
was the first episode of what was intended to be a web series. So even though it was amazing, it doesn't finish, and so I'm both like sad and angry. Okay. So that was my first thought. What you? What did you go to? I saw Cosmic Candy. Okay. Now I did want to hear your thoughts on this. I really, I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, the plot of it is, um, it's kind of like Leon the Professional, except with less assassination. And uh, <laughs> the Leon character is a woman. Love it. Yeah. So the, the main character is this woman who is, um, she's an adult. She, she works at a, like a small grocery mart drugstore place. But she's very... She has markers of OCD, anxiety issues um, to the point where she is medicated. She has, like, everything she eats is canned, you know, and there's, like, five different things she eats, and they're sure. very carefully selected. Um, her, her, vo- her, her life is very rigidly arranged. Like, she has even not... Uh, opted to not wear the new uniform at work for several years. She still has the old uniform because she likes it. Anyway, um, she, her, in her apartment building next door, there is a father and a kid, like a 10 year old girl who, who, the girl is kind of obnoxious, but the dad goes missing just suddenly, just doesn't come home. And so the kid, for some reason, latches on to this neighbor. And um, and the woman's like, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Ten-year-old girl getting flung at all at my, my rigidly designed life. Oh, God. And, and it makes, makes me cringe. Makes me cringe, you know? It's like, oh, God, I feel for this woman. And so it's... The, the plot proceeds from there. And, and it's about these two learning to, learning to live with each other basically and you know what to do with this missing father etc 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 cool yeah it's really well done um, Greek film uh, directed by a woman oh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's, I, I remember that it was very uh, uh, women centered yeah so awesome. yeah, beautifully filmed okay. and it's and even though it, it it deals with mental illness, it does it very well. Mm. And um, it's it, it's not preachy or anything. It's not like vying for Oscars or anything like that. It's it's just a you know relatively simple story. Just really well done character work. Nice, nicely done. Uh. So I like that. Yeah, good. I'll put that on my list. I mean, I had I th- it. Yeah, I think it, you'd like it. I, I had it on my radar. Tough choices have always got to be made. Yeah. Um, so then I know we, we both saw in the second round. Long Walk. Maddie Doe's. Maddie Doe's third film. So very excited to see it. She and is such a brilliant filmmaker. She is really, really good. And I, and I think... I, I like seeing her films year after year. It's like, oh, I like what she's doing now. Um, Long Walk is such a complex film, even though on the surface it doesn't look like it. No, it it's, yeah. 
I don't even know how to describe it. There's, um, it's, it's time travel is a theme this year. Time travel is a theme this year. And this is one of the time travel movies, but, and it has small trappings of, of Mm sci-fi, but the primary focus is, this is a story that takes place in rural Laos and, um, there's this there's this guy who god I don't even know how let me take a step yeah you go for it so uh, the first character really you're introduced to is this older man yeah and he's going about the beginning of his day mm-hmm. um, he's digging out a bike from the brush and he he's like scavenging it to go sell in the market and as he starts to walk to the market there's a very quiet woman who just steps up next to him and he's like ah you're here to walk with me again as you've done for these last 50 years silently and the thing is this woman is early 20s so you're like what Mm -hmm. Um, and she never speaks and you go into town and there's an old woman missing and then all of a sudden we're focused on a young boy and his mother's selling vegetables and she's clearly sick and the father's frustrated with the farm and then eventually the scenes come together enough that you realize that what you're doing is flipping back and forth in time that the young boy is the same character as the old man mm-hmm. and the young boy finds and this is not a spoiler because it happens it's one of the first it happens very early yeah. in the first act the young boy is walking back to his house and he notices some blood he steps off the road and he finds this young woman it's never explained what happened to her it it looked to me like it was a bike accident or an auto accident and she got thrown off the road and she yeah some sort of puncture yeah and she's literally having her last moments when he finds her and she's just she says don't leave me alone and he takes her hand and she dies and then she appears Mm -hmm. and he starts talking to her can you talk no I can't and she shakes her head and so he he can see ghosts yeah um and so she's tying the two together and then eventually she's able to help them talk to each other through time Mm -hmm. we'll just leave it at that yep um and it becomes a very complicated re- three-way relationship yeah. between this man, his younger self, and this ghost, and also the cultural traditions of Laos. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Maddie was very upfront that this is um, she was dealing with the loss of her mother, the loss of a beloved pet, Mango, and. Burp, burp. 17-year-old Mango passed away recently. And, I mean, she cried several times during the Q&A. Yeah. And it's a deeply emotional film that it's it's satisfying how it ends, and yet it also ends with a very, like, honest reckoning. Yeah. 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 It's, It's a fascinating movie. Like it bears repeat. I would watch it. I definitely want to watch it again. There, there's something I really that really interests me about Maddie's movies that I watch her movies and um, they're they're very slow burns. Yeah. They're they're very 
they're not slow, but they're they're measured. They're measured. They're they take their time. They're often very quiet, and it often takes me a long time to actually figure out what's going on in the plot. And I and the thing is, all the pieces are there. It's either I'm too stupid to figure it out, or her way of telling the story is so different from what I'm used to that... Oh, she's... Yeah, yeah. she centers all of her stories in place and character first. Yeah. And so she really, like, she spends... Not that she's slow getting the plot moving, yeah. but she wants you to first and foremost come into the story yeah, and be there and know who these people are and understand where they are. Mm-hmm. While she, like, it's one of those things of, like, when you're cooking in the kitchen, it's like, well, obviously, you know I'm making spaghetti. You can see the noodles in the sauce. But I also want you to just come into the kitchen and talk to me while I'm getting everything ready. Right. And by the end, and then I'll get the ball rolling on actually making the pasta for dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it feels like. It's not wasted. No, There's not no, at all. Like, she's, she's not, like, dawdling at all. But I always, I feel like with this, both this and Dearest Sister, that... I really understand the feel of where they are, both geographically and culture, and like community-wise and culturally. Yeah. Of what what pieces, what social pieces and um, relationship pieces are super important to the plot. I need to make sure you have those before I really get moving. Right. Yeah. It's so good. I I, I really loved it. It was so good. I cried. I couldn't help it. There was a couple of things I had to cry at. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. Then, um... Then, what did you, what did you see in third slot? I saw In the Shadow of the Moon. In the Shadow of the Moon. Tell me. Another time travel movie. Hey! Um, I liked it. It's a Netflix, so it's going to be coming out real quick. And, I mean, definitely definitely watch it. I feel so lucky that I got to see it in a theater with a, with a crowd because of course that just makes everything better. But it seems like it's a serial killer movie except very quickly like you're like but wait that's not actually possible and um, it's got uh, Michael C. Hall in it mm-hmm. and uh, Boyd Holbrook I hope I'm remembering his name and it's yeah, it's a really fun movie with some actual, like, a nice nugget of emotion at its core. Like, it's a fun sci-fi, fun sci-fi movie. I mean, if you can call a serial killer sci-fi movie fun. But it's a fun sort of mystery, procedural, blah, blah, blah. But there's a, there's a emotional resolution to it that was just like yeah okay that's a that's a notch above yeah what did you see all right <laughs> jelly katu jelly katu jelly katu that is the indian film that josh hurtado got right. for us yes this year. yes it's a malayalam movie which means it comes from the state of kerala uh which is way on the, the tip. southern tip of india like on literally the, the pointy tip yeah on the on the west side it's the coast and it is uh, kind of an oddball state in India. It is, uh, they often vote in communist leaders to lead them. Huh. Uh, it, it's, it's got its own 
personality. And Malayalam movies are often just absolutely bonkers. They have, they have their totally their own flavor. Uh, so uh, Jalikatu is it was described to me as Jaws except it's a water buffalo. Uh-huh. That's not quite right. There is a killer water buffalo, and it, the the killer water buffalo does, you know, drive the plot. Um, there's this whole community that is, you know, that um, it's a it's a small town, a small rural, set in the jungle town, that um, there are. A meat, there's a meat merchant there who regularly, you know, kills a bull and then, you know, slices up the beef and everybody gets their beef. And, and then one day they're going out to slaughter a new, new, uh, uh, water buffalo and the water buffalo gets away and causes mayhem. And the movie is actually about, um, this community just fraying apart because of this goddamn water buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, it basically turns into Heart of Darkness. Okay. Around this killer water buffalo. <laughs> I, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've uh, pulled up at Wendy's house. We're going to amble over to the porch. Okay. Let's make that happen. Ambling. 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 Ambling's happening. Ambling. Dear listeners, you are getting a sonic tour of the front yard of Wendy's Place in Austin. This is a nice porch. It is. It is. It is. It is. Let's see. I'll sit on this side. That way I'm not switching sides on the listeners in stereo. Because that, that's just weird. That's not, yeah. It really is. It's not doing anybody any favors. So... Now, if you want, these have little footstools that pull out. Oh my goodness, I get footstool? Yeah, it's pretty great. Okay, okay. <sighs> I'm working on getting a, a stand okay. for the microphone, which, dear listeners, is an old cassette tape case. There we go. By the way, if, dear listeners, if you have old cassette tape cases, they make great uh, iPhone props. Like, you can stand up your phone in them. And yeah, it's I mean, that's pretty amazing. Very fancy. Okay, so yeah, Jolly Katu. Um, I thought it was really remarkable because um, the director can wrestle like eighty extras on screen on screen at the same time. It Ooh. it is intense how much chaos. Okay. It's barely controlled on the screen at any given time. And apparently the guy had... The way he works is he has like three or four actors and then everybody else is just from the community. Okay. And it's really impressive. That's cool. Yeah. It, it's it's worth a watch. And uh, apparently this director cranks out about a movie a year and he's got a bunch of stuff on uh, Amazon Prime and uh, yeah, I Netflix. Mean, that's, that's the great thing is that between Prime and Netflix, and I mean, I'm sure others, but yeah. specifically, I know I see them on those two services. The Indian cinema is really coming in. Like, you can find some great stuff uh-huh. to watch. Um, I'm still looking for Tumbat. 
because Tumbad from last oh, year. Oh, Tumbad's out there. Is it? Oh, yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah, gotta, gotta... Tumbad's easy to find. Dear listeners, Tumbad was uh, when the uh, the movies we saw last year, also an Indian film. Uh, curated by Josh. Curated by Josh. He he brings the best from India for us, and uh, it's that one it's really good. worth a look. It is. It's a solid. You don't often get horror coming out of India, and it's really really good. Yeah, it's so good. All right, so then what did you see in the fourth round? I saw VFW. Okay, tell me about that. Okay, VFW is uh, it's a Joe Bagos movie. Um, Joe Bagos is a kind of a favorite of this crowd. Um, kind of one of those can-do cr- directors. You know, he's kind of this uh, old metalhead who just happens to like making movies, and he cranks them out uh, at great frequency. And so uh, VFW is one of them. It's very much like Assault on Precinct 13, except oh. it instead of a police precinct, it's it's a VFW. Okay. And um, so this VFW is populated by a uh, half dozen great old character actors, old grizzled men like uh, uh, Fred Williams and George Wentz in it. Oh, and, and yeah, yeah, all the all these guys is like, oh that guy, oh that guy, and uh, they get to be old and grizzled together. And outside, the world has gone to pot because um, this new drug has hit the streets and turned all the kids into mindless junkie zombies. Like and, they do. Yeah. And it, it's very 80s vibe. It, it really feels like an 80s John Carpenter movie. Okay. And it, right down to the kind of the, the synth score and, and all this that. Because was, this was, I, like, I, I noticed this one based on the blurb, but I was like, okay, there's two ways this could go. It could be like Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. Or it could be a little bit just more, a little bit more bleak than I'm in the mood for. But this mm-hmm. sounds like I would enjoy it. I think you would enjoy it. Okay. There, there's nothing particularly new in it. It's, but it's. Clancy well, Brown's in that, right? Mm mm. No, hey, I don't what think was Clancy Brown there for? Uh, Clancy Brown was, I don't know, but Clancy, I didn't see Clancy Brown in it. Because uh, he was hanging out in the hallway. Oh yeah, he was. I talked to him. Yeah, he's like, tall. He's very tall. Also, Tim Robbins. Tim we, Robbins, very tall. We both spoke to briefly. Also awkward. Also awkward. I was very awkward. We were all awkward. Yeah. Tim, Rob- Tim Robbins is awkward. Yeah, we were all awkward together. It was great. Yeah. yeah it was, um, he's very tall. He, like, it's startling. Like, I know he's that tall, but, like, to see it as, like, oh, my, I got to crane my neck up one more notch than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw in the fourth round the pool. <laughs> <laughs> How was the pool? And I got to watch it with Emily and one of Emily's regular, um, like, people she drags in to be in films, mm-hmm. Charles and, uh, and Charlie and um, Mike Salters. Mm-hmm. So it was the four of us. The premise of the pool, it, it's a Thai film. Okay. This uh, young man who is working on a commercial shoot, mm-hmm. and the shoot is happening at this a basically abandoned old Olympic pool. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where they've, like, rented. And they filled it with water to do underwater shots, blah, 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 and, and his dog. And his dog's in the commercial shoot, too. And he's, like, basically a PA on the set. And once they're done with the shoot, it's his job to sort of clean up with his buddy. Mm-hmm. And that means drain the pool. Well, he decides to go swimming in the pool. His buddy's like, I, t- I turned on the drain. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, great. But he's like, all right, I'm off. I'll see you in three months. I got, I got to go shoot in someplace else. 
great, all right. And he's laying on this raft, and he falls asleep a little longer than he intended, and when he wakes up, the water level has dropped far enough down because it's a 16-meter. It's an Olympic diving pool. Uh-huh. It's, it's dropped down far enough he can't get out of the pool. <laughs> there's no ladder. And there's no ladder. Uh-huh. And his friend helpfully chained up his dog uh-huh. so his dog can't go anywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it's... That's the beginning premise of, shit, I'm stuck in this pool. He's also a diabetic, by the way. They make that clear oh, pretty good. quickly at the beginning. Oh, my God. And he's got his girlfriend. And you're like, well, his girlfriend's going to come back for him. And But she's like, ha-ha, it's the pool, and I wanted to go diving. And he's asleep on the raft. I'll surprise him and jump in because she hasn't noticed that the water is, like, she's so excited. Like, she's a little dumb. <laughs> so basically she ends up in the pool with him, and now they're both in the pool. And then the final twist is... There's a crocodile that's escaped <laughs> from a zoo. Oh my god! And so <laughs> it's seven days because it it starts on day good, six. Good god! Like it starts, it says day six, and it shows you how beat up he is, and the crocodile's attacking, and then it's like zip, and we go all the way back to the beginning. So you know what you're in for, and it is just one thing after another. Oh my god! And there came a point. Where this poor man, nothing goes his way. There came a point where something happens, and I yelled out loud in an Alamo Draft House theater. I just went, no! <laughs> I was not the only one, and the whole crowd was with me. We were all just like, no! <laughs> no! No, fuck! Oh God! Uh, and then, um, and then the ending credit music was just sort of the cherry on top. I, it reminded me of the core. Like, <laughs> just, you know what? It's just going to keep getting more ridiculous, and you just don't think about it. No, don't think about it. Just let it happen. There's going to be a crocodile, and there's a crocodile, and it's great. <laughs> it was, come on, it's a, it's open water in a pool. Yeah, and you made it work, and. Yes. Just yes. Awesome. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Let's see. And then fifth round. You saw Bliss. I saw Bliss, which is another Joe Begos movie. But it's a repertory. Was it? I think it's new. Oh. Oh, this is different than what I was thinking. Okay, yeah. I think it's new. Um, but they printed it to 35 yes, millimeter. Because he, he's got two films here this yeah, year. Yeah, he, right. he, he filmed it. He filmed it on 16 and it blew up. They blew it up to 35 millimeter, and it's world premiere here. Okay. And Bliss is about this woman who is an artist. Um, like she does her masterpiece. Yeah, she's working on her masterpiece, um, but you know she does album covers and stuff like that. But she's a metalhead, and she's making this 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 painting, and she's stalled out on it. She's like, ah, I hate. You know, and she's, like, pushed out the deadline a couple times, and her agent has dropped her because she hasn't turned in uh, this thing on time, and um, she's about to piss off the art collector who's going to pay her, and but in her rent's due, blah, 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 and she's like, ah! And so she goes out to party, and she winds up uh, contacting a, a dealer, and he gives her a sample of Diablo, which is apparently uh, in 
in the scope of the movie, a balance of cocaine and I think it's MDMA or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she snorts it and it's like, wow. So she goes to a party and she winds up partying really hard that night and uh, starts making out with this girl and her boyfriend. And, and then all of a sudden she blacks out and she wakes up and part of her painting is done. And she's at home. Oh shit, what did I do? I don't know. And so the events start going that she keeps seeking the the things she the the drugs that she's craving in in order to keep finishing this painting but you know it's a cycle of, yep. of destruction and and uh, also there's heavy metal lots of heavy metal and vampires yay <laughs> and it's pretty badass there there is a warning at the very start of the film like if you're an epileptic don't watch this movie <laughs> because there's a lot of strobes there's a lot of trippy visuals there's uh just driving soundtrack it, it if you get overloaded like sensory overload by things this is not the movie for you but it's a heck of a thing okay it reminds me of uh gaspar noe's climax did you okay. get to see that i did one not year? but oh. yeah yeah it's it's one of those like sensory experiences okay. okay i was i was really pretty impressed by it um yeah that's i'll i hope i find time for it there's just too many good movies it, yeah every slot is a sophie's choice Usually a two or three, like, usually, like, a three-way Sophie's Choice, like, ah, which one? Um, so, my, so we'll end on Wendy's experience of the night. So I got to do, I got to do, for the first time, I got to host a film at Fantastic Fest and run a Q&A for The Wave with uh, uh, Gil Clavin, and it is his first feature film. He's been doing Impressive. lots of commercials. Um, and... Uh, and starring Justin Long mm-hmm. of Galaxy Quest and Dodgeball and Jeepers Creepers fame and lots of other things. He's so charming. And TV commercials. And TV and TV commercials. And he's on the series Ed. And, like, he's just done everything. Yeah. Um, apparently, Damon told me that Justin literally just sort of walked up. Like, he wasn't dropped off or anything. Like, he just sort of walked up with and, and, was, just, and just was like... Um, I'm supposed to do the Leonard Malton podcast. So Damon saw him coming just all alone, just like just ambling in. Mm-hmm. And and Damon was like, it's, just, it's Justin, just right there. And so he goes up, he's like, hi, I'm, I'm Damon. And, oh, sure. I mean, I'm looking for the Maltons. <laughs> so Where's the Maltons? <laughs> to do the Le- Leonard Malton. And he is really that just chill you got to meet him oh yeah he's yeah just he's charming super chill very nice really nice like the most adorable thing i can say about him about almost every star because tim robbins did it too is like hi hi justin i'm hi justin my name's wendy and i'll be your host oh hi i'm justin and i even said to him it's adorable that you introduced yourself to me <laughs> because i know who you are <laughs> um so, yeah, so I got to do the intro and Q&A. It was a little stressful because mm-hmm. literally all of them showed up a minute before the film was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. And and there were, all, there were like 20 of them. It was oh, the goodness. full film crew because wow. they're all buddies. Yeah. 
they're all buddies of this, you know, this first time director and all he drug all of his friends into the project. And so I they come walking up and I'm like, which one of you is the director? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's back there. Gil, Gil, where are you? <laughs> I'm like, hi, hi. Um, and so touch base briefly, go in, introduce the film, goes fine. Uh, he's super charming. By the way, mm-hmm. also the the filmmaker, the director Gill, he's just like you could tell he's just like, what the hell is happening? I've got a film. <laughs> it's a world premiere. Love. <laughs> um, and uh, and so afterwards we did the Q and A, and I bring him up, and the whole thing was just great. The film played great. First Good. off, because like twenty people in there were the filmmakers and their crew, and they're seeing it for the first time, and they're just like, anytime anything happened, mm-hmm. anybody was on screen, they're like, woo! But it also played really well. It's really funny, um, and so the Q and A starts, and some of the highlights include uh, that the very first question was somebody from the audience literally asking them, there's a lot of drug use, so did you, what what sort of research did you do? <laughs> Just like, and I have to repeat for the simulcast, and I'm like, hold up, I have to repeat this. Um, did you just ask if they're doing drugs? <laughs> and of course, Justin Long did at one point, I'm like, I'm going to have to repeat the questions just so you're aware, so, um, so let's take our, and, he, and Justin's like, Oh, I can repeat the question. And I'm like, well, come on over. Then he's, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, you're more the professional than I am. <laughs> uh, so first, yeah, that was the first one is let's delve into our talents, drug use. <laughs> and um, and then there was the point where somebody asked, Justin, you're in every shot of the film. Was that tiring? And he he grabbed the mic, but he was on the very end because he was doing that thing where they sort of hang on the end because they don't. They're being kind of, I don't know, shy. And the cord, and I'm like, just come over here. It's okay. Come over here because the cord wasn't quite reaching. And in the process, he got down on his hands and knees and sort of crawled towards me <laughs> and then laid on the floor because he was like, yeah, it was very exhausting to be in all, all these scenes. And then he was on the floor in front of me. And I'm like, I really don't know how this is going. What What is it with filmmakers laying down on the floor at this festival? I don't even because know. Because Taika Waititi was... He was also... None of, by the way, none of them were altered or drunk in any way that was obvious. Yeah. Um, they were just, they, on the other hand. They were just giddy. <laughs> yeah. They were just very giddy. So that happened. So then he stands up, he answers a question. He's standing a foot away from me, and he answers a question, and he's just looking at me, making the eye contact, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense because when you're up there, the lights are so bright. Oh, yeah. You can't see anybody in the so audience the except fil- possibly the front row. So the filmmakers end up looking at the host simply so they have somebody to talk to when they're answering the question so Mm -hmm. my job is really just to provide eye contact so i'm looking at him and he just stops and he's like so that's that and how do you make your hair do that (laughs) oh um and and he's like the color and i'm like hair dye (laughs) but just right there in the front I only put the hair dye on the front. <laughs> Is there tin foil? Yeah. Okay, God, everybody's wondering. I'm not the only one. <laughs> 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 
So you got interviewed by Justin Long, is I, what you're saying. Yes, about my hair treatment. It was very charming, and there was at no point any sense that I was in control of anything that was happening on that stage. Yeah, that, that's the way the best Q&As go. Yeah. Um, they were, yeah, so it was super fun. He's very nice. The director is very nice. And I honestly, I think the film is great. It played even better on the big screen, Melissa. Oh, the, good. The visuals are gorgeous. I'm very, um, I'm very glad that film went over well yeah um, i thought it might so oh and i did open with uh because you know i have to open the q a and i'm like so if this is the world premiere um i've been seeing online it's been it's been called uh looper meets the hangover me personally i'd say it's more the butterfly effect meets a fish called wanda mm-hmm. and the writer's face went oh oh huh <laughs> <laughs> and i could see by his face he's like Oh, that's I hadn't thought of that. Oh, there's some things to think about there. <laughs> and so I was talking to him afterwards, and um, oh shit, damn it! Now I don't remember. It was something Scorsese. He was like he really wanted to play with a person who's not actually a good person, mm-hmm. and in in a place where they are they are bounded in such a way that they cannot be a good person, trying to. Like Scorsese's After Hours? Yes, that was it. Yeah. Yes, that was yeah. what he was playing with. Yeah. And then I was talking- that, that I was thinking that when when I was watching The Wave, too. Because um, it's like, this guy... Just, okay, dear listeners, if you've not seen Martin Scorsese's After Hours, it involves Griffin Dunn trying to get home one night and, like, every possible bad thing happens to him. That's pretty much The Wave, except with more drugs. <laughs> yes. And a, probably a bit more humor. No, actually, uh, After Hours is hilarious. I saw somebody moving behind me, but it's just me. Reflected. Um, I'm glad you're reflecting. You're not a vampire yet. Yet. Uh, And then I was talking to the editor. Um, First off, they were all just like, thank you for that. Thank you for the interview. Thank you. And I'm just like, oh, you're so so giddy and adorable. And, oh, and the director and writer are staying through through the second half. So they're Mm -hmm. just going to be attending. So you might get to meet them. Cool. Um. But I was talking to the editor, and I said, and I was like, I really, it's a time travel movie, so I'm on board. Mm-hmm. But what I really love is that the ending is a person achieving, like, not just resolution, but um, shit, I'm getting aphasic because I'm tired. A harmony in the universe. Yeah. But... Like, yeah, I've had a really good word for it, and now I'm going to be sad. I'll think of it once we're off the redemption. air, listeners. It's not even redemption. It was something else. I don't care. We're going to move on. But anyway, so we need to get some fucking sleep. We do. So that was day three. Yeah. And it was good overall. I was in a weird headspace for the be- for the morning, but I got over it, and then the rest of the day was just excellent. Yeah, I was starting to get wigged up by the crowds. The crowds are getting to me the- this year, it- and it's... It's like this, the front half of the festival every single year. It is beastly crowded. You have to fight your way through the lobby to get to your screenings. It's loud, 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 loud. And people are spilling out in the street. And uh, it's hard to get away from. Or at least it feels like it's hard to get away from. Really, you just have to walk a half a block away. But, um, yeah, this year, at least today, it was like, oh, God. And I'm just going... My, my bliss is... Monday it'll be better because second half is always so much more chill. Yeah. 
all the big stars go home, and then it's just the hardcore film fans left. And then it's just everybody just chilling and watching the movies. Like, the, the red carpets go away. Yeah. All of, all of the, uh, la, 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 la. It's just like, uh, which is fun and exciting, but it's also just, ah, uh, so loud. And it feels so good when it goes away. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> why do you run? Because it feels so good when I stop. Right. Um, so, Yeah. 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 So one more day of the crazy, crazy, and then uh, four days of awesome after that. This is all I do. This is where I live now. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. All right. Day four. All right. Day three is done. Day on to day four. Like, yes. There Technically, were... we are on day four right now because it is in the morning. Yeah. What I failed to do is add any words. But what you said was what I meant, which is... Day four is tomorrow. Next will be day four. But what I said was just day four. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, <laughs> you understood. I did. Thank I you. did. You're, I you're was just windy. translating for, for our dear listeners who are... You're the windy whisperer. Are, I'm the windy whisperer. I, I translate for the world. <laughs> Dear listeners, you're probably not as sleep-deprived as we are. That is the sound of me pushing in my footstool, because we're going to go to bed. We are going to go to bed. So, dear listeners, we'll catch you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown, and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.